Hi everyone, welcome to the Mega C-Suite Stories and today I have a very exciting guest with me, Michael Crowcroft. I kind of guess him to get the name right, so I'll let Michael introduce himself. But Michael, over to you in terms of your background and experience. Tell our listeners what you do. Thanks, Charmaine. Uh, it, was a good, it was a good effort. It's Craycroft. But <laughs> anyone, anyone and everyone gets it wrong. That's quite okay. Um, yeah, hi. I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you very much. Uh, my background is in consulting and cybersecurity and cloud transformation. I'm based in Australia now and have been for a bit over 20 years. Uh, and I've done a lot of work with public sector in particular. Most recently, I was the Chief Security Technology Officer with Service New South Wales. And uh, prior to that, I was the Director of Architecture, Security and Product uh, for New South Wales Department of Industry, where I did a cloud transformation program, moving a, a large set of data centers into a public cloud environment. It was very interesting. Lovely. Thank you for sharing that, Michael, because you were involved in the midst of really exciting change and transformation that was happening in the industry and right smack in the very middle of the pandemic as well. So we will be talking today about current climate. We'll talk about the journey of implementing the COVID-19 app, its challenges, lessons learned, and then we'll move on to cloud transformation and DevSecOps and all other different interesting topics. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I think it's a, a very important undertaking when you're in public service you're developing solutions and services for the public and you have a very real sense of, of the importance of that and the, the value that you do there um, and I think there's uh, you know a, a whole amazing array of people and teams in government who are doing incredible things every day yes um, you know uh, I as one person was just happy to contribute to that but um, I think it's a uh, um, it's a really interesting time to be in public sector and developing solutions for uh, citizens, particularly when you're responding to events that are out of the norm, particularly things like bushfires or floods or, in this case, uh, pandemic. Um, it's it's a um, there's a lot of time pressure, I think, when you're trying to develop services like that and you're reacting to environmental factors and um, collaboration and teamwork is absolutely you know a key success factor in that and you're obviously you're trying to support the development of a service but also manage and make sure that it's secure and trustworthy and stable and, and all of those other important factors go into it being a success and, and being able to support the community um, so I think I think leveraging you know networks and internal and external parties uh, having really good communication and collaboration is absolutely vital and I think you know also it extends beyond technology you yes. need to have good relationships with your media team with your um, QA release and environments teams um, and also the, the program teams at large who are handling the uh, collaboration with external parties as well so um, very much a team effort and um, a really interesting and exciting challenge you know you obviously you've got to deliver against the risk appetite of the organization. You've got to meet the needs of the public. So it's a, it's a very interesting and um, challenging, but rewarding. Yeah, definitely. Because it was something that made a, a meaningful impact and it's contributing to the overall safety of the community as well. Mm -hmm. So there were lots of challenges because you had to scale up so rapidly. And if you think back one year ago, how many people were using the app? And now we're talking about millions. Yeah, it's, Scale is really important, you know, mm. and, and 
performance at scale is critical. And so obviously that necessitates you to develop products in certain ways and take advantage of um, certain technologies and practices that support that sort of scale. Yes. Uh, obviously your security and your cyber risk um, dimension when you look at that has to be able to adapt and, and deal with the, the different technologies and, and methodologies that people use to develop apps that, that are able to scale and, and respond in that way, which is pretty, um, it's interesting. It's, it's a really interesting place to be at the moment. Yeah, for sure. You've been placed in a situation where time is of the essence, you know, it's very high pressure, you need to get it up and running quickly. But at the same time, you are also very mindful of security and that's going to be key. So were there any things you've done differently or were there any things that you've done well, actually, in terms of aligning that conversation with the business when you talk about security and raising the awareness in this space as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, cyber risk has to start with the conversation, you know, and, and those people who are ultimately accountable and, and sharing that risk will have to have a good understanding of what's at stake, what's required, and, and what the um, risk appetite is fundamentally. So you're really looking at um, aligning different different business groups. I think this is relevant to, to any application develop, development that's going on. You know, you, you want all of the key stakeholders to be part of that conversation, because if, if there's a need to um, defer or delay or reprioritize in order to get the right level of assurance, um, you know, it's a lot easier if you've had that conversation up front about the importance and the um, necessity to, to appropriately, you know, develop that security assurance and testing and so on. Some, some of the things that are, I think, um, beneficial of modern cloud native technologies as well is you're um, able to develop solutions in microservices. So there's a sort of a localized and a global architecture, if you like, to the way that systems are built. And so you can apply security assurance around that as well. So you can um, mm -hmm. independently um, work on components and ensure their security, as well as look at them holistically. And I think um, sort of leveraging some of those technology changes is really important to um, deliver in, in an iterative and, and um, time-sensitive way. Mm. maybe a traditional sort of monolithic app would be much more challenging to do. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, Michael. And just capitalizing on the fact that you have such a in-depth experience in cloud. Prior to that, you transitioned six different government data centers to cloud. That's definitely a lot of things that we can learn from it and talk about in terms of what has worked really well from your perspective and perhaps what could have been done differently as well with the hindsight that you've gained right now. I think the... Um... You know, there's a really fundamental different way of approaching security and managing infrastructure and applications in the cloud. And if you um, sort of take those on board and um, utilize them the way that they were intended, um, you can really advance your security posture as a result. So, you know, things like security by design, so building secure patterns from the get-go is, is, I think, really important. Um, and leveraging things like infrastructure as code and automation as means to uh, manage configuration and maintain systems against configuration drift, um, yeah. so preventing manual changes, things of that nature. I think that could be really powerful. 
Um, also, you've got really good visibility in the cloud. Um, so you, you have a much more granular uh, ability to see how systems connect and you can apply security controls in a much more efficient and cost-effective way than is possible on-prem. So you can sort of segment workloads in particular um, groups or uh, network segments, whatever they may be, mm -hmm. as, as a means to mitigate risk and, and um, consolidate systems in that way. I think also um, as you're moving workloads into the cloud, um, everyone has a different view on this. Some people want to go just cloud native. Some people want to leave the legacy stuff on-prem and, and they put one app in the cloud, you know, that's customer facing. I, I think if you're moving halfway into the cloud, um, you can miss the opportunity to really surface and bring up into focus all that tech debt that you have. And by transitioning workloads to the cloud, uh, and focusing in on tech debt just as much as the new and innovative technology. Um, it allows you to really understand what dependencies you have and you can develop strategies to maintain and secure them. Uh, that, that's really beneficial. And there's also a, um, there's a really clear correlation between architecture and cost in the cloud. So as you're moving workloads in, those that are uh, legacy in nature tend to cost more yeah. And so they tend to stick out. And so from a cyber risk perspective, it's really easy to zero in on those things and say, there's a collective win here. If we can manage this technical debt, we can not only secure our estate more effectively, we can lower our operating costs. So it's a really interesting interplay between um, flexibility, cost, and, and security. I think that's, that's beneficial. Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that because you've highlighted quite a few points that is definitely going to be helpful to people who are looking to embark on this journey. What other advice you might want to leave them with that people should know before going into this? I think there's a couple of things. One is services cloud providers are offering are advancing at a tremendous rate. And a lot of the things that we were having to build a few years ago are now available in native offerings right now. So um sort of taking advantage and learning about those can be really beneficial because there's no sense in, in building things if there's a, an uh, appropriate service that's already available. Um, I think also as you're um, moving into cloud, a lot of people mistake anything that that's the end goal. And actually, once you get into cloud, typically what tends to happen is that triggers a whole catalyst of further change because you want to start optimizing, you want to start getting efficiency gains and, and drive cost mm. benefits. And so I think it's really key to understand that that transition process, the outcome is not getting to cloud, the outcome is building an ability to adapt and transition your systems and understand their dependencies. And I think that's a, an ongoing evolution once you, yeah. once you go down that path and you, you, know, you move to cloud one day and the next minute you're moving to containers and then the next minute you're moving to microservices and servers. Mm. There's a natural evolution of, of this. And I think uh, that adaptability is really, really important. Yes. Uh, it's good for your people, right? You, you're giving your employees and your teams really valuable skills um, mm. that, are, that will do them well as well. No, that's very, very true because it's not just about going into it and being very short-term minded. You know, you need to have the foresight. You need to be thinking ahead and looking into the long-term and preparing your environment so that it's ready to scale up when you head down that direction. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, a key point, I think, 
to focus in on is not about technology or in our case security as such it's mm. about enabling a business you know yes. it's about bringing value to customers and you know you want to have an organization that has the ability to react to environmental conditions and deliver value and and you know the cloud is is just a vehicle mm. transformation you know Yes, very well said, Michael. Thanks for sharing all of that. We've been hearing so much talk about ransomware, about breaches, and different sort of cyber attacks. So you yourself have experienced a breach. You know, what are some of the lessons that you've learned, and how would you apply that in the context of a cloud and DevOps transformation? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, uh, there's um, lots of information about there about detection and incident response so I, I might kind of leave some of that i think one of the um, things that's really important to recognize and i've spoken with other sizes um, in the industry about this is the actual human and the, the the health and the physical dimensions of when you have a team going through a, a significant security incident, yeah. um, it's really important to you know check in on people and make sure that they're they're, they're well, their stress levels are managed, that their families are um, okay as well, because it has an effect not just on the individual but the whole you know community that that um, sort of support those individuals at times like that. So I think that's a, a key thing and. You know, we talk a lot about resilience in our industry and technology, but actually, you know, resilience in people, I think, is really important. Yes. Uh, and that and that sense of, you know, working together, again, I think is critical. Mm. Um, also, I think, you know, having had discussions with stakeholders before a cyber incident, you know, hopefully, you know, people watching this, they will never have to go through one. Um, but, you know, don't wait for a cyber incident to have the conversation with your media team, your risk team, your um, leadership team, you know, to, to give them a full understanding of what, what it means, what the ramifications are, how you manage, um, you know, the technical dimensions of it, what resources you need, as well as how you manage the stakeholders and, and the media and the trust dimension, because I think that's, that's crucial. Um, to bring it into context of uh, say cloud and modern cloud native application architectures and so on. Um, I think one of the um, key things that's fundamental is having a good understanding of your environment and um, response plans and, and how they play out. Um, it can be quite expensive and quite problematic to test and troubleshoot some of these response plans in a traditional on-premise data center environment. Whereas in a cloud environment, it's actually quite conceivable uh, if you've got the right level of maturity to actually um, test and, and evaluate some of these response plans before you go in. Uh, you also have a really good um, visibility of what's going on. So having um, and leveraging the, the tools and the services that are in the cloud um, to look for uh, anomalies and unusual patterns of behavior to make sure that your backups and your logging are all appropriately configured and secured before something goes wrong, I think is, is fundamental and, and testing your ability to take advantage of those. Also, I think the, the ability to quickly deploy tools or, or mitigating controls, uh, patches and things like that as well, uh, really plays into that idea of adaptability and, and automation. So building that capability in 
and and having that as part of your response plan, I think is really key because you you may not know the tool may not exist that you need to fix the problem at the time the problem happens. So you might you might source something that that provides a, a um, uh, control and you might need to very quickly be able to push that out so I think some of those things are also really important um, I guess one final comment is um, you know just because you're in the cloud doesn't mean you're safe so <laughs> you've got to really understand that the risk moves with you uh, the nature of the risk and how you manage it may change mm. but uh, you know that there's nothing that that you know um, is a magic bullet here unfortunately that's true and that's a very wholesome way to end this session, really. Yeah, you've managed to squeeze in a lot of uh, nuggets in. <laughs> and I think it's going to be really helpful to our listeners. So really appreciate you for taking the time, Michael, to share your experience. Any last words of advice you want to leave to our listeners? Um, I think, um, you know, to, to network, to mm. use um, resources like this and, and the great work that um you and the team do Charmaine I think Thanks, it's fantastic um I think um you know we're all learning and and we're all um learning from good and um bad experiences and I think it, it's really important to share those so I encourage everyone to um yeah look after themselves and work together yes that's that's really awesome Michael and it's so true because that's what our community is all about it's about everyone we all have different experience or just giving back to the community and together we are building the ecosystem so that we have a stronger posture to be able to fight the same battles yeah. and I think what you mentioned earlier um, really struck a chord in me about people at the end of the day also we have to look after our people because they are our defense you know our first line of defense and looking after their, their those individual units and realizing that they come in a family unit and having that empathy I think is really really key to have especially in a leader so Thank you very much for sharing that. And we enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks My again for your time, Michael. We'll see you around. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.